The union representing Australia Post workers is demanding a freeze on lucrative executive bonuses given the record decline in letter deliveries that you might have heard on this program yesterday. What to do about the loss-making mail business has triggered a shake-up at Australia Post that could see letter deliveries reduced, which of course puts a cloud over the future of the traditional postie. The ABC senior business correspondent Peter Ryan is covering the Australia Post overhaul and Peter joins us now. Peter, Australia Post has been in hot water before, let's not forget, about executive bonuses. So is it fair or viable for bonuses to go on hold while this shake-up's underway? Well, uh, good morning, Tom. The reality is that uh, bonuses for hitting targets are pretty much locked into contracts. They're standard across businesses, including corporatised government agencies like Australia Post and also the National Broadband Network. But that public ownership makes bonuses a very hot political issue, as we saw a few years ago when former Australia Post boss Christine Holgate was controversially targeted in Parliament by former Prime Minister Scott Morrison, uh, stood down by the board and later compensated around a million dollars for handing out Cartier watches to executives who stitched up a deal for Australia Post to provide financial services on behalf of major banks at local post offices. Uh, those Cartier gifts were within Miss Holgate's remit but at a time when the letters decline was starting to worsen. But now with a review underway, the Communication Workers Union, which represents many of the 60,000 Australian Post workers, thinks bonuses at the moment are a bad look given renewed concerns about financial sustainability. I spoke with the union's national president, Shane Murphy, who's working to trial a five-day letter delivery strategy as part of a survival plan, but with a shake-up under way, Mr Murphy thinks executive bonuses should be frozen or at least cut back. Oh, absolutely. They shouldn't be paid. And, you know, we, we consider even the bonuses paid more recently as last year when the company saw, saw a significant profit decline and some $24 million paid to um, a small number of people. Clearly, when the company's struggling, we need to consider the future and the sustainability um, and the protection of jobs. Those bonuses clearly need to be put on hold or not paid at all. Australia Post has uh, 60,000 workers. You've been meeting or briefing some of them. How do they feel given the uncertainty, I suppose, about change? Look, they're aware over the last couple of days and, and we've been meeting with Australia Post regarding you know, the headwinds that we're then facing into the future. Um, during that time, we've consulted in relation to looking at a way forward for a delivery model. Um, this is one that will deliver um, one postie one round five days a week. It will continue to deliver all of the priority letters, packets and parcels across all of their rounds to the customers and community. And it will have the letter service, which still can be done under the current regulation, delivered on the round, the front half on one day and the back half on the next, but still doing that whole round of the community five days a week. If you're a postie, whether that's on a, a motorbike or a bicycle or walking the streets these days, what sort of feedback do they get from people about the letter deliveries, given that a lot of letters these days appear to be bills? Look, as you know, everybody's looking out for their packets and parcels. No one likes to get the credit card bill or the, the water bill or the electricity bill. They're never, they're never very popular at all. But of course, the community likes to see their postie. That interaction, it's the service they provide. So is there that element where the postie does provide that communication with the community where couriers who deliver packages might not necessarily do? Well, they go over and above a lot of our posties. They're very proud. They're proud to deliver 
and ensuring the community is connected with what they're ordering and be their letters or packets and parcels. And, you know, they get to know the customer on their round when they're doing that over a number of young months, weeks and years. So, you know, checking in on people they know may live alone having a conversation um, over the years and, 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 you know, during the pandemic and beyond. But in this modernisation, especially as there's a, a greater appetite to move towards the more lucrative freight business, will there be job losses or redundancies in the traditional part of Australia Post? Look, you can never rule it out, but certainly at the moment we are working to ensure the long-term viability of the company and maintain those jobs that you know, 60, some 60,000 Australians um, are currently rely upon to put food on their table, pay their mortgages, um, their bills, etc. Shane Murphy there, National President of the Communications Workers Union, speaking with the ABC's Peter Ryan, who's still with us. Peter, what are the chances of these bonuses actually being frozen or at least trimmed? Well, uh, Tom, unlikely or at least very slim, uh, given that these are part of agreements. And a spokesperson for Australia Post tells me that variable bonuses are at risk based on performance and are a matter for the Australia Post board. Just to broader anxiety while I've got you there, there's some research out this morning from the National Australia Bank. It really has confirmed the rising cost of living and the impact of interest rate rises are making a real impact on households. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right, Tom. This really does hit at home. The NAB's financial hardship report says four in 10 Australians are experiencing some form of financial difficulty, the highest level since the pandemic, and big concerns about just making ends meet. 21% of people surveyed not having enough money for an emergency, 16% not having enough money for food or basics, 14% unable to pay a bill, one in five people missing a bill in the past three months, most energy or water bills. The good news, I suppose, if you can call it that, is that just 5% of people surveyed are unable to meet their mortgage repayments despite rising interest rates. Bank chief executives are not reporting mortgage stress so far, but they're saying to get in touch with the bank if things get too difficult. Now, all of this might be uh, not too far away in terms of mortgage stress with the Reserve Bank likely to deliver its 10th consecutive rate rise next Tuesday. Okay, Peter, thank you very much for joining us. Peter Ryan there, the ABC's senior business correspondent.